Hi, and welcome back to the First Quarter Club. I'm Joe, and this is Hannah, and we're bringing you new episodes every Monday. So I think we can just kick this off, Joe, if, if you don't if you don't mind, um, and <laughs> just without without your terrible introduction or. or we, I'm, we I'm not do. doing the intro. I'm not doing Joe, the intro. Uh, Connor, Joe, I don't know if you've heard previous episodes, but Joe loves loves an introduction. No, like, he I loves don't. an awkward I, an awkward intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, hi, hi, this is Connor. No, oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. I, I I love it. I love editing these back because it just like brings me joy. But anyway, um, no, I, do you know what? I think we can get straight into it, right? So, so Connor, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your like start from the very early stages in terms of you know maybe your education growing yeah. up, um, where you really started out, and then sort of take it from there if that's all right? Yeah, no, definitely. So. When I was in school, I often refer to myself as a semi-academic. Um, I was never at the very top in terms of my academic performance, but I was certainly never at the bottom. So I was a semi-academic. I was somewhere in the middle. Um, I realised quite quickly, especially when I went into secondary school, that I only uh, worked on things and only invested my time in things that I was actually interested in. So, for example, things like learning a language, I had no interest in, to be quite transparent with you, and, and just didn't try hard, to be, to be quite honest with you. I couldn't get motivated. I couldn't get my head behind it. But things like media studies, PE, subjects like that, I was really passionate about and, and invested a lot of time into those things. Um, th- throughout my school life, um, I had, I think, every single year I changed what career I wanted to go into <laughs> and that started when I was probably two or three and I imagine I said th- I can remember I wanted to be Bob the Builder for a number of years oh, um, oh I still do <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a lot of years wanting to be Bob the Builder I do remember those and there's videos to back that up um and when- <laughs> get them out we, we yeah. see this. <laughs> I don't believe you <laughs> we could uh, maybe we should uh, cut that clip and put a video over it. <laughs> um, but went, went through my whole school life, chopping and changing what I wanted to do because I couldn't really find that passion. When I was in sort of year 10, year 11, I was became really passionate about sport, in particular coaching, and especially with football. So when I was 16, I went and did my FA Level 1 coaching badge. I then decided when I was picking my A-levels to do double PE um, and really thought, right, let's focus on this football sport route. Let's see where we take it. Um, Realised quite quickly, once I finished school, that you can't make a lot of money from sport unless you get quite high up the food chain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also, in turn, realised by saying that, that I was clearly quite money motivated. Um, the problem I had was I'd finished sixth form. I'd rejected all of my university offers, um, decided against going, didn't have a job. So I was effectively jobless, Mm. Um, didn't really know what to do. So thankfully, my dad is actually a PE teacher at a school in Potter's Bar in Hertfordshire called Dame Alice Owens. And they had a job for their PE tech available. PE techs ultimately like the the general dog's body around the department, sorting out equipment, doing some coaching and so on. I did that for about six months. um, And like I said, realized I was quite money motivated and I can hand on heart promise you was not making a lot of money. Um, Mm -hmm. Came across a role at not going to uni in the um, sales team. Um, Went went for the job, got offered the job on the spot and 
to cut a long story short, since then, the last four years have been an absolute whirlwind. Um, not just at not going to uni, I also spent some time at a company called SpringPod, um, as well as some, some other bits around my work as well in my spare time. Um, so that's very much an overview of me in a sort of elevator three-minute pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> it's um, certainly not been easy and certainly was never... If you just said that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, probably even three, four years ago, it wouldn't have made sense to me. Um, so there's been a lot of learning as I go, to say the least. Okay, fine. So let's just take a step back then. So in terms of the reasons for why you didn't want to go to you said just a second ago you said you rejected every single offer that you got from university right so what in your mind told you to do that because I'm sure every sort of you know when you're in doing a levels you're at college you're getting uni offers there's a lot of kids out there right they would like love to get an offer like that for you to say oh casually just rejecting them all so like what was kind of the, the thought process behind that what made you think you know it's not really for me uh one thing I had a girlfriend uh uh, honestly <laughs> lads and and and, 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 and girls who have and her, have a boyfriend um i can wholeheartedly understand when you say that you know when you have a relationship it does change your um feelings towards university um and towards going away for a number of years especially mm-hmm. when your partner doesn't want to do that Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't the reason, by the way, but that definitely played a part. And I don't think I admit it enough that that played a part. And the more I think back and evaluate everything that happened, it was definitely something that played on my mind a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the other major thing was actually, I knew a lot of people that went to university who hadn't really done anything with their lives in a, in a quite simple format. They yeah. hadn't really progressed their careers some of them didn't even have full-time jobs and I sat there and I thought so this degree doesn't really guarantee me anything does it um and the other thing was I was starting to consider what other options there were outside of the sports sphere and obviously all those offers and those courses I'd I'd applied for were sports specific things like sports management so that the girlfriend thing the you know, and the um and an R in about which pathway to take really made me consider maybe university isn't for me. So I, I remember one day I woke up, went on the UCAS website and you could sort of cancel your offers or can't remember how they were to it, but mm-hmm. basically just cancelled everything and pulled, pulled the plug um, on, my, on my whole UCAS application and my um, profile. Yeah, it, it, things as well. Did you feel like you were... Uh... A little bit alienated from from that because I, I didn't I didn't want to go to university either. But then you you felt like there was no um, there's no options. You know, obviously what now what not going to uni gives you is that you know uh, another option of going to university. But did you feel sort of a little bit isolated with the fact that when you sort of cancelled all your options and you were like, oh shit, like what am I actually going to do now? One hundred percent. I mean, my you know, with all due respect to my school, they were zero help. Like mm. zero help. Mm. They actually so they they sat us down when I'm when I was in year twelve it would have been, um, and said everyone has to do their UCAS application. Now that was mm. fine for me because I was having an RM, but I'm sat in this room thinking there must be at least ten to thirty people in this room who don't want to go to university. What's the point? Like yeah. why are you gonna force them? Because for them it's a numbers game at the end of the day, and and you know, they they want to 
show that this many people have applied, this many people have had offers and so on. It's a stats game. You know, mm-hmm. people, I think a lot of people forget uh, education sector is a business and schools are businesses. Um, so they want they want the stats. They want to then turn around to prospective parents and say, you know, 100% of our sixth formers had offers for universities. Yeah, not, so even if they don't take them, then at least they can exactly. say they got offers. Yeah. It's still a stat to sell. And that's what people always forget. The education sector, secondary schools, sixth forms, colleges have to sell their businesses. So they, 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 they're always going to push you down that path because those UCAS numbers are what sell places at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And the more so, I've worked in this sphere, I've realised that as well. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like the, the attitude is slowly changing towards apprenticeships? Um, I think... Re- I think it varies. I think it varies on who you talk to, what part of the country you're in, what type of school. It, I think there's so many variables. Um, my dad's school that I mentioned where I work, that's a outstanding Ofsted school. They're in the top 10 charts for the best public schools in the whole country. I mean, 98% of kids go to university and go to quite top universities at that. So if we sat down, everyone in that school, you know, we would get drowned out quite quickly with the university um flag <laughs> um and the and the university chatter however you go to my school for example and especially now over the last two three years in my school i was at when i went sixth form it's it's very 50 50 um mm-hmm. and it's very much changed to be a school that's okay half our students go to university but half of them go on to apprenticeships first year jobs and everything else yeah no yeah. it's it, you know we we recorded an episode quite early on right and I think this was part of the, the reason for why we wanted to start something like this like a podcast and similar to what you're doing Connor at the moment is to just provide a communication channel or a means of you know a way that people young people can listen in and actually think do you know what there are alternative ways of getting into a real life job um, it doesn't have to be the through the structured way of you know you do your A-levels you have to go to university you have to get a job that way there are a load of different other methods and I was in a very similar situation whereby I'm pretty sure at my school they said look unless you're not signed up for uni you might as well just leave this class now there's no point you sitting here and it, you, you at that at that point in time when you're so young you feel like wow this is kind mm. of the end of the road for me especially when you've yeah, got a load yeah, of yeah. peers that are thinking the same thing. Um, so no, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see it from obviously your perspective. And, and it's nice to hear, like from this podcast, we've realized that we're not kind of the outsiders here. It's a very similar theme whereby a lot of people felt the same way, um, that they're kind yeah. of forced into this, you know, one route or no route. Mm. And, and universities fine for, you know, people always, always think that because of the nature of the company I run, that I have to be anti-university, but I'm not at all, because I also mm. know people that have gone to university and gone on to great things. Of I, course, yeah. For certain careers, for certain people, certain pathways, for this, for that, it's fantastic. And there's ample benefits. But in the same breath, there's also ample benefits to not. So I don't think anyone should be, you know, too heavy on one side at all. I think... I think the best way to be is really sit sit on the fence, actually, and say, right, you know, look at your options, look at what's out there and really think about which pathway will be best for you um, over being too heavy one way and, and, and not enough on the other. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So for the people that are sort of listening um, that might, they, they sort of heard of not going to uni, but maybe not so sure what it's about, would you be able to maybe just give them a brief overview of, of what not going to uni is all about? 
Yeah, so not going to uni was started um, about 15 years ago now um, by a lad called Tom. Um, so 15 years ago, if you'd have said the word apprenticeship or not going to uni, people would have probably sort of turned their nose up at you and did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, your typical apprenticeship was still you were a plumber's mate or an electrician's mate. Um, yeah. It was quite manual focused and they weren't structured in this way they are today. Um so Tom decided against going to university and realised there was nothing out there for kids who didn't want to go to university. So he started a blog. He bought the domain, not going to uni, um, the domain we still sit on, um, and started blogging his journey of finding alternatives to university. So his journey of finding employers, engaging with different pathways. Fast forward about a year, two years, and a guy called Spencer Melman came along. Um, Spencer's a very commercial-led guy, very clever, great businessman, um, and realised that, hold on, there's a, there's a commercial opportunity here because you've got, the, you've got the, the best product market fit for this sector, and, and the fact you're called not going to uni does what it says on the tin. Um, <laughs> why, don't we turn, why don't we turn this into a job board that, that young people can come to we put it into the schools and colleges um, and, and young people can come to this if they don't want to go down the UCAS route. So not going to uni builds, they spent, Spencer and his team that he built spent a good 10 years on the road, getting in front of kids, getting into schools and colleges. Everything I've inherited as for this business now all comes from the hard 10 years of graph that they did back then. And that was a lot of man hours, traveling up and down the country, speaking to kids, you know, sitting in front of a sixth form with 10 kids in with a banner that says not going to uni. There was a lot, there was a lot of hard work. Mm. Um, over the last few years, not going to uni, to be honest, the business had somewhat plateaued. Nothing had really happened with the business. It was just churning over the same revenue. Um, it was just a job board. Um, so back in September, uh, no, it wasn't in September, it was November last year, the current MD, Sean, rang me and said, can we, you know, can you come on board? Um, I want to slowly step down from MD. I want someone to come in and grow Not Going to Uni and change our offering because, you know, Not Going to Uni's core job board always works and is great. But, you know, we're in a whole new dimension now and everything's changing. Um, And over the last seven months, um, what I've pivoted the business to be is now an end-to-end youth marketing agency, really, we, we are now an end-to-end agency where employers from Wells Fargo through to, you know, QA, who are a training provider, through to Warwickshire College Group, who, who are obviously an FE college, will work with us uh, to deliver their end-to-end marketing strategies to attract kids and school leavers and students onto their alternative to university offerings, whether that be apprenticeships or work experience or first-year jobs or whatever that may be. Um, mm-hmm. So we've still got that core job board element that, that you know, you can go www.notgoingtouni.co.uk and discover those opportunities. But then we've got a lot more around that as well now. Mm. And is, is that a part of your role then, Connor, in terms of business development and reaching out to, for example, firms like, for example, I work in the banking industry and I'm sure a product like this would be fantastic to mm. someone like that because it kind of is you're kind of like the middle person between you know kids that are really educated and want to go to university mm. but perhaps don't physically want to go off for three years and you know spend a load of money get a load of student debt they want real life work experience but really don't know where to go 
So I'm yeah. sure like a, a product like that you're offering is, you know, pretty much crucial. So yeah. um, is that a part of your job? Do you actually go I out mean, and create that business? Yeah, I mean, we're a, we're obviously a B2B-led organisation. If we mm. don't have a B2B offering, we don't have a business. You know, we're a commercial business. Um, mm. Obviously, I come from a sales background. My first ever job when I was 18, 19 was at Not Going to Uni as a junior sales exec. So I've always got sales in my heart. Um, sure. Sales will always be the bedrock of everything I've built my career on. Um, and, and to be honest with you, look, if, if my sales team come to me and say they're pitching for a big agency deal and they need some help, then I will wholeheartedly enjoy and love every minute of selling with them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's always once you've been there and you've done that environment, you, you know, you get passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's not it's not my day job anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's not my day job to 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 sell. Um, my day job is actually strategically managing the business, growing the business, looking at our growth strategies, coming up with new product ideas, looking at potential acquisition and mergers and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of pivoted to take more of a back seat now and look at our strategic growth and our overall strategy um, and our opportunities um, because otherwise you get too engrossed in the day-to-day trying to sell and things like this that mm-hmm. you forget to actually work on the business. You, you're too busy working in the business, if you get what I mean. There's a difference there between working in the business and working on the business. And they yeah. can get quite blurred. So a question on the on the back of that then, how fundamental do you believe it is to really have a passion for what you're doing? And, you know, having like, for example, uh, maybe you're biased in the sense that you really had a, you know, a strong understanding of the reasons behind why you didn't want to go to university and why it's so beneficial mm. for, you know, young people to like grow up and have different opportunities. But do you think that's also key? in the way that you're also selling and also developing a product or, you know, like you said, managing the strategy of the business. Do you think that's a a fundamental um, element and explain Mm. why? Yeah. I mean, 100%. I mean, it's not just that I'm passionate about, you know, this not going to university and supporting young people, you know, supporting young people, helping them discover their future careers, you know, is amazing. You you get Mm. so much satisfaction when, someone reaches out to you and says that they, they found their career and they've never been happier. And we're, we're to play a part in that. That Self-satisfaction levels go through the roof with that. I'm also really ridiculously passionate about growth and business and I'm incredibly financially motivated. Um, and I get a kick out of watching this grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I figured out over the last three years that I'm, I'm a bit of a business geek. You know, I I read a book a week on growth strategies and this and that, if not more. I am obsessed with researching what other businesses are doing. I'm obsessed with finding out new ways to grow things. And, and that passion shows because, I, you know, that's why I enjoy coming up with new product opportunities. That's why I enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, roadmapping our, our growth strategy. That's why I enjoy going head to head with our competitors to try and beat them because mm. that that actually gives me shitloads of satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where do you, where do you think that commercial uh, and entrepreneurial spirit comes from? I think, funny enough, I was having a conversation with some family about this the other day. So when I was, what was I, 15, 16, um, I lost both my granddads to cancer quite close together. Oh, um, sorry to hear that. 
No, sir. Honestly, well. it's we're onwards and upwards. But yeah, actually, I think a lot of it, the more I thought back, has, has come from them. Um, one of them, especially my mum's dad, um, had always run businesses uh, from as long as I can remember, especially engineering businesses. Um, exactly. One of his engineering businesses built the um, flight decks that went in the cockpits of Concorde, for example. So oh, cool. I've always seen that he and he was he he was a grafter. He was a grafter. He worked. He didn't. He never wanted to retire. Even when he was ill, he didn't want to retire. Like mm. he always, always wanted to work. And I think watching him when I was growing up, and I probably didn't realise it as much until I've started to actually reflect on everything that's happened, um, really, as I, as I look back now, really motivated me um, and still does. Because I think when you watch people graft and you watch people grow something that is theirs, whether it's a bit of business or what have you, you know, it, it does light that fire in your belly. Um, mm-hmm. And it does make you want to aspire to be like them um, and to make them proud and everything like that. Um, I mean, it, it's funny because my parents have always just worked nine to fives. They've never ran businesses. Um, and, and most of my family have always worked nine to five. I don't really come from a, an entrepreneurial family, bar, bar that granddad I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So it was always, I, I do sit there now and I do wonder. And, you know, he, like I said, he's definitely an influence. Um and I think I just I just got this once I got my teeth into it and started researching and looking at what others were doing and reading up on it. It just lit something inside of me that <laughs> must have inherited somewhere um, that's made me want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is it. You know, the people that uh, that have that spirit. Like, I think everyone's got a couple of them in, in their friendship group that are those people that just want to just keep going and relentless as well. And I think yeah. as well, it's always, it's always good to surround yourself with those type of people, you know, and we're not necessarily we're talking about money as well, you know, trying to find those people that just, you know, I, um, passionate about sport or music, but they just want it. And you, you know, and that, that is a, like yeah. a motivator as well. I heard a quote the other day, actually listening to a podcast and it was iron sharpens iron. Um, and what they were basically saying was if you hang around with other iron you will get sharper (laughs) um you know you i wholeheartedly believe in that that you know you're you're yeah 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 the people you hang around with i mean i look i made some pre can i swear yeah of course yeah do what you want yeah i made some pretty fucking bad (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, not whoa, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, listen, I, I, you know, being being quite transparent here, I made some pretty bad fucking decisions in the last uh, few years, I can promise you. And one of those was the people I was hanging around with um, from a, you know, point of view of they were out all the time, you know, drugs, drink, you know, nothing to live for, you know, not worried about their work. And... 100%, 100%, the more I spent time with them, the more it was rubbing off on me and the more it changed my mindset. I made the conscious decision um, just over a year ago that I was going to go completely sober, no drinking, no nothing, um, and was just going to work really fucking hard. Like, I was going to get my head down. Within three, four months, all of a sudden, I was being approached to become, you know, the, the director and take over, not going to uni. And, you know, all of a sudden, this ripple effect happened. Mm. And I around and I yeah. thought, fuck me, hold on a second. There's something in this. I made yeah. that choice. I changed who I was surrounding myself, changed my environment completely, cut people. I, you know what? I 
got so much satisfaction in making those changes because now I look back, I was aggressive, you know, in in, in not in a, a you know, not in the sense of you know I was going out punch people. I was aggressive in the way I just dropped mm. people. I was like, right, let's focus on me. Let's cut everything and let's work really hard for the next year and let's see where it takes me. Yeah, and that's yeah. Led, led me to be in this position. So I, you know, I'm I'm. Personally, I feel I'm living proof that that quote of iron sharpens iron, the people you surround yourselves with and those decisions you make because of those will have either a positive or negative effect on your life. No, I was just going to say, I think, I think just to back on that, I think I've heard a quote before that says like, you know, show me your five friends and I can show you your future. Um, and, it, and I think it really is key, isn't it? You know, I think some people just get complacent as well and it all sort of ends up in back into networking and really pushing yourself out there as well you know i think there are a lot of people that especially i know as well that you, you see that they, they might hang around with people they make might different decisions their influence and stuff and they just have that wasted potential so you know it is really good to hear that sort of we have a success story on our hands in yourself that can and you know and, and thankfully you do because you know consequently because you were able to sort of pull yourself out of a hole so no offense intended no 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 100 you're able to then go on to do good things then inspire other 100%. people to sort of do things so it's all a big ripple effect which is good to see yeah life's about making difficult decisions and you Definitely. need to you know there's 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 a there's uh, you've always got choices you can make at the end of the day um and you know i'm 100 you know i'll never ever regret any of the stupid shit i've done in my time ever because it's mm -hmm. taught me ample amounts. It's taught me how to trust people. It's taught me how to choose your friends. It's taught me all these things now that I can hopefully pass on to, to, to whether that's when I have kids or whether that's people I work with or whether that's, you know, people that engage with not going to uni. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll never regret that. Uh, it's just about learning from it. And then, and then, like I said, passing on those learnings. Yeah. And so a question, I think this is a, a huge topic, right? And I think this is really important for, you know, the people that might listen to this podcast. And it's all well and good saying, okay, like, this is what I've done. And this is how I achieved that. But you must have come over some sort of bridge at some point, or you must face a couple of challenges along the way in terms of, okay, you might have a friendship group, but it's also very difficult to, to branch out and actually mm. break those barriers and, and get out of that situation. Yeah. I mean, the one thing to mention as well is I was living the life of a city boy at the time. I was working for the company I worked for between my stints and not going to uni in London, you know, which meant that, you know, Thursday nights you're on the piss, Friday oh, yeah. nights from the, you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was a vicious circle. Um, so, so I was living that lifestyle, and that lifestyle makes you very tired. That drains you. That drains you emotionally, drains you mentally, drains you physically. And in terms of cash in your pocket, it drains you because um, London's not cheap. Mm -hmm. um, what I noticed um, was the moment I started cutting people off, a lot of people who, and I, you can't see me, but in inverted commas, uh, as I'm using my fingers, <laughs> fingers say, uh, friends, um, didn't speak to me because I wasn't going out on the weekend because I wasn't going on the lash and you sit there and you right. say, hold on so clearly I was just watering a dead plant here wasn't I because you know when you when you think about a friend you know a really close member of your team your unit you kind of think okay well whether I'm out on the piss whether I'm doing this whether I'm doing that they, they would be there for you they'd be yeah. in touch regardless right yeah yeah they'd engage with you and then you kind of instantly realize that hold on 
so if you're not gauge, engaging with me if I'm not in those scenarios, then you're clearly not a friend because you only really care when we're you know we're out on the lash or it's this or it's that. Um, and that was a huge learning curve because at first I think there was that uh, upset stage, that kind of oh shit, what like I thought. Yeah. You know, because you start questioning, it makes you, I, I questioned everything in my life in, in a couple of weeks. Like, you sit there and you think, shit, is everything I know a lie? Mm. But then in the same breath, you all of a sudden start to realise who your actual circle is and who you want your circle to be as well. Yeah. Um, so from that kind of sitting back and going, shit, what's happened here? all of a sudden life starts to breathe again and you start to think a bit clearer and you go, right, okay, I can either sit and dwell on this and spend, you know, moping about, or I can actually turn around and go, right, I get back on the horse and I go. Um, and, I go and, I, and, I, and I look to grow personally as, a, as an individual. Um, so, that you know, that was a huge, huge learning curve for me. Um, and, and there is a quote, I think it's something like if you – you know when you when you stop watering when you stop watering flowers you realize how many dead plants or something you would you know you had been watering in your time it's so true so yeah. so true. um and I, yeah i think to be honest with you that is the biggest lesson the biggest struggle i had there was more struggles me actually you know pr prior to making that choice because you know i was upsetting people around me that really cared about me because of my actions or because of this or because of that Mm. Um, so there's been ample benefits from, from from me changing the whole my whole outlook, my whole lifestyle, my habits, the things I do. Of course, yeah, I think that's a huge part, right? Because I think a lot of people are kind of afraid to make that first step, and they're afraid of what their friends yeah. might say, or you know, um, I'm leaving this friendship group. I've known them all the time. Is it a massive risk? Am, am I going to have nobody? But in reality, and you've just proven the massive point there. You attract people that are meant to be for you and yeah. you you really sort of like find people that are on the same path as you. You sort of leave behind 100%. the people that aren't meant for you. So it, it all makes sense. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, I guess it is a, it's a massive risk. You took that leap, but at the same time, you know, it's worked out well. And I've I've actually grown in confidence from doing it because I've, mm. I, do you know what? I, um, I realise life's a lot better when you stop giving a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that sounds really like blasé and people could take that how they want to, but... When you stop caring about what other people think about you and you really start to just, you know, focus on yourself, mm -hmm. you know, your close family. Um, I'm still a huge mummy's boy. <laughs> um, you know, you you, you realise that actually you live a much happier life. Hell, mm. hell of a, you know, I spent a lot of time when I left school. I spent about three years just always trying to be a people pleaser, trying to please others. Mm -hmm. And, then, you know, eventually it was driving me down a pathway where I was kind of... Get, probably hating myself a bit to be quite honest with you um but the moment I sort of woke up and decided okay you know let's focus on me let's let's push myself in the direction everything sort of fallen into place around it mm -hmm. um quite nicely and, and part of that was that that art of, of of not giving a fuck and actually saying right I'm I've got to be my priority I've got to progress myself and the people closest to me uh and repay them for that trust in me and you know, things like I said, things fall into place. Yeah, yeah. So speaking about good people, then this is a good segue I've had in my head for a couple of minutes. Um, we are say part of the ambassador group for not going to mm. uni because that's something I've I've um 
that's really sort of come to fascinate me. And uh, for those who sort of don't know that not going to uni has a, well, uh, an army of <laughs> ambassadors, of volunteers that, um, that sort of represent your brand. Um, so sort of maybe speak about um, sort of how that, how that comes to fruition and then maybe about the, the job roles that they can do. And if anyone does want to be an ambassador, then maybe how they can get in contact with yourself. Yeah, and so that our fucking competitors don't try and poach our ambassadors as well. Ah, yeah, <laughs> that's that. true. Um, we could uh, we could cover that one at the end. Um, <laughs> but um, no, in all seriousness, so the ambassador thing was something I had toying in my head for a couple of couple of months when I started. Um, to cut a long story short, I downloaded TikTok during lockdown um, because I thought everyone seemed to be on it. My missus was always on it. And I was like, this can't be, you know, it can't be bad. Realised that it's a vicious trap and you spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> because of the stuff I engage with outside of work, TikTok is, just as a segue, TikTok is so clever, by the way, in terms of the algorithms, the way it works and everything. Such a clever platform because it always hits the nail on the head in terms of the content it serves you. So all of a sudden I started seeing content about apprenticeships and early careers. And I was like, Shit, so you're telling me there's an actual community of people that are like apprentices sharing their stories. So I started coming across a few people. And our first three ambassadors were, um, there's a girl called Isabel, another girl called Maya, and another girl called Holly, um, who were all running at the time small to mid-sized pages um two of them are law apprentices and one of them's a business apprentice so i actually just on the whim messaged them and i was like hi you know i run a company called not going to uni i can see that you're putting out a lot of content about apprenticeships it would be great to chat about sort of synergies and the way we could sort of self-promote the great thing was all three of them came back with a similar answer which was omg i use not going to uni when finding my role really? <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah. wow all of a sudden you're thinking bang brilliant i've got some brand advocates here so we started doing some sort of one-off influencery content with them you know they might post about not going to uni and then it's like everything multiplied all of a sudden these other people started coming out of the woodwork and we got emails and people were going can i be an ambassador can i do this can i do that i hadn't even announced the bloody ambassador scheme so i sat there and i thought well we should do this shouldn't we because there's yeah. clearly an appetite so we opened for applications i think we received just over 100 applications for the first cohort um and every single one of them was great but we couldn't bring on everyone um, to be quite honest with you, the strategy at first was let's look at the people who have got established social pages initially, because right. what we wanted to do was build a captive audience. We wanted to build a tribe. We wanted to build a following. We wanted to build a bit of a cult in a way. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the way to do that was to look at people's audiences and have people that were really putting themselves out there and championing apprenticeships. Yeah. Um, and that's grown slightly more. So we brought on 15 or so ambassadors. And then since that cohort, we've brought on about 13 more ad hoc, including yourselves. Um, hey, that's sure. the first quarter club. <laughs> As I'm sure some of your followers will see from some of the content that's been shared. But yeah, it, it's built really nicely. And, and our ambassadors are such a, you know, incredibly close to my heart now because it's a, it's a real community. Um, in terms of, you know, putting stats behind it, you know, the reach we get through our ambassador community is amazing. And, and you know what? It's authentic content. Yeah. It's real life stories. It's real life people. It's real life journeys. 
and and people love that. You, do you know what? I never realised how interesting day in the life content was. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, you can watch. Uh, to be honest, uh, it's going to sound maybe a little bit mean, but a lot of them are the same. But I will scroll and watch through them. I'm like, oh, okay, you wake up, you get on the train, you do this, you do that. Oh, people perfect! Right, love- let's do it again. Oh, I, I, I'm completely addicted. So I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. So people true. love looking into people's lives. You know, people love that open door policy to people's lives and people's work. So that's been a great community. Um, we're going to be, for those that might be interested who listens to this, we will be opening applications again towards the tail end of this year. And time's going very fast, so the application window will be opening soon. So keep your eyes on the not, you know, at Not Going to Uni on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you engage your content, because we will be opening more applications. Um, but no, the like I said, the ambassadors are so close to our heart. It's it's been a real breath of fresh air um and if you want to get content right and you're looking at your marketing strategy the best thing to do is have real life brand advocates and real life stories behind your marketing um because they're better than most salespeople. to be quite honest with you no absolutely and and so in terms of the next steps for the program then what do you envision over the next perhaps year or obviously covid i don't know if covid's had a big impact in you know your plans and and what's been going on mm. this year but um i don't you can perhaps mention that in your in your answer but what are your sort of plans for the next six to 12 months short term medium so for the ambassador community it will definitely keep growing um more ambassador um opportunity with ambassadors actually going to events going into schools and colleges and being brand advocates that way um we're in a new academic year now so there'll be ample opportunities whether it's local schools near where ambassadors live whether it's major apprenticeship events such as london skills um also looking at growing our ambassador community bigger and better Mm -hmm. um and the big thing as well is looking at how we can support our ambassadors in growing their audiences so something that's just been announced and we've just started working on is our brand new influencer marketing agency a number of our ambassadors are now classed as micro uh, micro influencers and some of them are classed as actually bog standard influencers because the size of their audience is now. Yeah. And we know that influencers is a huge market, you know, especially in consumer. But in, in recruitment and in particular school leaver recruitment, it's relative nil. So what we want to do is we want to champion that you can utilize influencers and you can utilize micro influencers who are career specific, apprenticeship specific, early career specific to support in driving recruitment for apprenticeships, for first year jobs mm-hmm. or whatever that may be. So we want to do a lot of work and we will be doing a lot of work on supporting our ambassador community with training, with, with support to grow their audiences. And in turn, um, hopefully commercially, there's going to be opportunities for them to work with some really big brands. Um, and fly the flag of early careers as a brand advocate. Um, Not just for not going to uni, but for those brands looking to recruit. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, And and, and the world's our oyster, I think. You know, not going to uni as a business, we're we're growing a really fast pace. This last, I came back in in January. Um, This last nine months have flown by, I can promise you. The business is almost unrecognisable. I've changed pretty much everything um, from a sense of I really wanted to shake things up. Um, I really wanted to, you know, when when people look and are going to uni, I want them to, well, 
I want our competitors to want to be us, more importantly, because that means mm. we're leading the way. Mm-hmm. And I want people, whether it's prospective clients or whether it's students, to want to work with us, to want to engage with us. And that, that's been a lot of hard work. That's been a lot of late nights, early mornings that, you know, people don't realise the amount of hours I and my team have had to put into doing this. But, mm-hmm. you know, the only way we're going is up, to be quite honest with you. And the only way we're going is, you know, to really take over this space and more. Um, even even more so than we we already already have. But no, it, it, it's so refreshing to see, and it, it's, it's good to see that um, there is someone sort of in the space that is you know really championing and pushing it out and being an advocate for those that that simply didn't want to go down the traditional route. And hopefully one day that the, the tide will flip, that um, apprenticeships and, and other schemes will be the the traditional route, and maybe not so much university. Yeah, no, it's, do you know what? It's nice because. I mean, I think we're we're not we're not biased, Joe. Like, but I think no. we've come from backgrounds in the sense where we didn't go to university, and it was just purely a life choice. And Definitely. throughout all of our episodes, all the kind of advice or knowledge that we give, we we kind of try and stay, you know, on the fence. We don't try and go one way or the other because it's always up to everyone's choice what they want to do mm. with their career you know there's definitely some professions that really require a, a degree etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's really refreshing hearing it from someone that's obviously had a passion for and a reason for, for starting this up and really wants to help others and I think Connor that's why you've been such a success in your career so far because you have that underlying reason for why you want to do what you want to do yeah hopefully that's the um well I say hopefully it is the it is the way we're going at the end of the day um you know, we we are only going in one direction, um, and and like I said, it's it is you know for also just a, a side note for me, it's bringing it's it's bringing people along for that journey too that I love. Um, whether it's family who are watching from a distance, my career because mm-hmm. my career has exploded in four years, um, and watching their reactions is is you know incredibly humbling actually um but also taking taking people along the way who have helped me who have supported me um and and hopefully giving them a slice of the the pie is you know so satisfying as well um because i'd hate to be you know you you see so many miserable very rich people for example don't Mm. you and you also see very happy people but it seems the ones that are happy have brought people along with the journey and have you know, supported people along the way and, and, and kept kept their their circle with them. Um and that's something I definitely want to champion throughout throughout my career. Perfect. Now so where where can people um find you if they want to sort of maybe follow your own personal journey or follow the not going to uni's social pages? Yeah, so um not going to uni wise we've got um obviously www.notgoingtouni.co.uk um, we've also got the at not going to uni um, ats on every single major platform. So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. And we're very active on social. If you're also interested in our ambassador community, you'll see loads of information um, on there. Um, I am a really big social media person in the sense of I put out a lot of content. Um, especially on LinkedIn and Instagram are sort of the main two platforms. So uh, LinkedIn, you can find me if you type in Connor Cotton, I should come up. Uh, Instagram at underscore Connor Cotton. 
Uh, also on Twitter, I've also got a Facebook page for my business stuff. I think my Twitter is actually also at underscore Connor Cotton. So mm-hmm. feel free to connect with me. Um, I think you guys can grab, like, I've got a link tree on my Instagram, for example. So if you want oh, yeah. to grab that, yeah, yeah. I think everything's linked on there. Uh, <laughs> so you can, you can use that. Perfect. Yeah, no. So yeah, we, we'll leave it down in the show notes below, and um, also when we post our post on sort of Instagram or, or social media, so we'll leave a, a link to your link tree and all the other associated accounts as well. But um, so it won't take up too much of your time. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, as yeah, I sure. said previously, we, we've you've definitely been someone we wanted to get on. Yeah, Connor, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so no, much. No, thank time. you, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, and um, yeah, I look forward to speaking soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you get your podcast from and check us out on Instagram at The First Quarter Club. See you next week.